You know I'm gonna get you, yeah. Whatever it takes to get there. Hello, and welcome to the Basement Talk podcast. I'm your host Adam Caster. Here, as always, my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, it is mock draft season. I wish I could be like super hyped for this. I am very sick. Like this is this is not good. I would say ninety five percent of it is stress. I will be much happier when this mock is posted and I know that any and all work responsibilities are done before tomorrow night's round one. And then right after that, it's coming on here talking about round one and then having a whole day Friday before going and watching round two and then doing it all again on Saturday and then writing a whole column about it on Sunday and then talking about it on Monday and doing it all next week until May 5th. When I can crawl into my cocoon and never come out again. See, the NFL draft, I just came up with this. The NFL draft is basically like a roller coaster, except the the, the climb up is like 50 miles. Because it just feels like, when the hell are we going to actually get to the top of this roller coaster? We have all these mocks, all these projections, all these rumors, all these potential trades. Uh and players rumored to be on the move, who's being traded at draft day, who's being traded before draft day, and especially this year, where that was serious, that was really prevalent. But it just feel, feels like the buildup is crazy. Because like the second the Super Bowl is over, the confetti falls down at SoFi Stadium. It's like, all right, so the Jaguars, you're on the clock. Who do you got? Pretty much. And now here, now here we are. It's and it's like three hours of just of payoff, and then it's a matter of, oh, okay, all right, it's over. Great it's a job. Collective now what? Exactly. So it's it's a collective now what? But anyway, I am excited for this because mock drafts are always fun, and you know, especially the top ten, seeing where all the guys are going. And that's what everybody's talking about because there's so much volatility with the top 10, especially when you have Jets and Giants who have two picks in the top 10. Now there's like smoke screen, scuttlebutt about what the Jaguars are doing at number one. Um, there's smoke about what the Lions could be doing at number two, which would be pretty crazy. And obviously, just because I follow a lot of beat reporters for this team, there's always speculation about what Joe Douglas will do at picks four and 10. Oh, this is, this is silly season. We are, uh, we are right in the middle of it and 24 hours before the start of the first round. It is potentially more so silly season now than it's going to be at any point in the, uh, in the last week. And given the madness that has been taking place today with my phone, just being off the hook all day, uh, yeah, it is full on silly season time. Yep. Well, I hope that for our listeners and for me, but mainly for our listeners, because we are the people's podcast, as you well know. I am a man of the people. Yes. I don't feel like it today, but I, I, I am a man of the people. Uh, we'll have some nice insight onto these picks. And really, so this mock draft, I think when we used to do the like we used to have our own this year it's just going to be yourself but 
I did this partially who I want the team to pick, not necessarily who I think the team is going to pick. How did you, what was your process in creating this mock draft? Uh, it, it is about what I think is going to happen based off of everything that I've heard, everything that I've seen, putting needs together, who fits what. It, it, it's a bit of everything. There, There's no real set process for how I do it. It's just, enca- it's encapsulating everything the thousands of hours that I've watched watching film, the thousands of hours that I've done taking notes, analyzing, projecting, it, it just all comes together. And here it is. Yep. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this. Like, I feel like before the draft, like the week before the draft, there's always people overthinking what's going to happen at number one. There was a there was a good portion of people that are like, what if the Jaguars pick Zach Wilson? first overall there was like that actually got some traction in some areas of social media which is pretty nuts when everybody else was like it's a foregone conclusion that this is going to happen those are people wanting to generate stories there was never any doubt in my mind that it was going to be trevor lawrence and anybody who was trying to suggest otherwise at that point um they did not know what they were talking about that was a year that was an andrew luck equivalent of a year where there was one guy and you got the number one overall pick to take that guy. Same thing. I mean, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson was a very highly touted prospect coming out, but he was no Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, but I think, I mean, I'm happy. I like Zach. He's a cool guy. No, he should be. Should be. So that it's no slight on Zach, but no, of course not. We were talking about Trevor Lawrence when he was, going into his freshman year at Clemson. Yeah. We weren't talking about Zach Wilson. He was going into his freshman year at BYU. No, we weren't. It's true. And that, that happens. But um, anyway. Not so, very often, but it, no, it, 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 does it does happen. Yeah. I mean, your boy is a good example of that, I think, where somebody generated a lot of hype the year that he was drafted, like his draft year, Josh Allen. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Josh Allen was universally hated amongst the scouting community. I was one of the only ones that saw big, tall man that could throw a ball out of a stadium with impressive athletic traits and said, yeah, okay, he's got accuracy issues, fine. Cam Newton won an MVP throwing – well, the people see sixty-five percent completion top 10 pick with him. Yeah, people saw top ten pick, but nobody saw the same ceiling as they saw with someone like Sam Darnold or even Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. And right now, for analyzing that entire draft class, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in that draft class by a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't say by a lot, but yes. I would. I would say by a lot. I would say by a lot. He's the only one that stayed healthy consistently and is the only one that's been to the playoffs consistently. That is also true. But yeah, you know, enough dawdling, enough dilly-dallying. We have shit to do. Do you want to go into, into a deep sleeper or do we just not have time for that sort of thing? Send it. Send it. No type of funny games today. This is a this is a re- real shit. Uh, this is business. Who is your is- first? Yeah, 
strictly business. Who was your first pick? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, there's been a lot of a lot of speculation with this one over the last few days. I mean, we went into this week thinking that it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson. We've gone for the last month, two months, three months, all assuming it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Then Monday morning, Peter King released his mock draft, and it had Trayvon Walker up on top, and that completely shifted the line. Then the rumors came out that there's an organizational split, that general manager Trent Baalke wants Trayvon Walker, that uh, owner Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson. The key ingredient to all of that, that was missing all along, and I said it at the time, was what does the coaching staff want? What does Doug Peterson, the guy who is now in charge of this football team, what does he want? And over the last 24 hours, it has become clear that the guy that he wants is Iki Aquano out of NC State to continue building that offensive line. Well, they did just sign Cam Robinson to that big deal. They just signed Cam Robinson, the big deal. They have Brandon Scherf on a long-term deal as well. They just signed from Washington. I'm going with Icky Aquano at number one. I'm going with Icky Aquano. At the end of the day, the coach always wins. The guy who is responsible for putting the best team out in the football field and coaching those guys up always wins. Oh, there are going to be some things said if that is the case. Why? I mean, he's a because I feel like from the well from the mainstream crowd, I think people thought that it was a like people were like, how could you pass on a generational talent at edge like Aiden Hutchinson? I I, I, I would disagree. I would disagree. I don't think there's anything anywhere anybody that is generational in this draft at all. I, I wouldn't okay. call I wouldn't I would say Aiden Hutchinson is the most proven thing. I would say that. I don't I don't think that he is the most I don't think he's generational in anything. I've seen a lot of guys like Hutchinson before. I've seen a lot of guys like Trayvon Walker before. The Trayvon Walker thing, I don't understand. That that thing just goes woo right out of my head. I, I don't I don't get that one at all. But Aquano does so many things for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is much deeper at edge rusher and just overall defensively as you go throughout the draft. There are two top-tier offensive linemen in this draft, Iki Aquanu and Evan Neal. The most important thing that the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to do coming into this offseason was to make the team molded around Trevor Lawrence. And how do you continue to do that? How do you continue to build upon that promise that you made to not only to, to this, your fan base, but to, to your, the guy that you want to build this team around? You signed Cam Robinson to a long-term extension. You signed Brandon Scherf. You brought him in. Now continue to build on that. Get Iki Aquanu, and you have now three guys you could plug and play on that offensive line and really have something strong. And not to mention, Iki Aquanu gives you the versatility. You want to play him at right guard, done. You want to play him at right tackle, 
done. And to be quite honest, at the end of the day, he's got three years to show that he could be great on the offensive line. And then when Cam Robinson's contract ends in three years, you kick him out to left tackle. Done. I like this pick more than Trayvon Walker because Trayvon Walker would be monumentally dumb because not only are you picking an edge rusher over an offensive lineman, you're picking a worse edge rusher, arguably, than Hutchinson, who is still available. The ceiling is greater with Walker. Absolutely 100%. He's got all the physical tools and all the athletic tools that you, anybody would want. He's a scout's dream. But he's not a proven thing. He's not a proven thing. His, his tape from a year ago is lackluster at best, if we're being quite honest. Um, with Hutchinson, he is a proven commodity. His tape is stellar. You look at the two games where Hutchinson stood out. It was against Ohio State, and it was against it was against Iowa, the the two biggest games of Michigan season. He turned up in a big way, which is why I'm more of a Hutchinson guy over Walker. I'm much more of a Hutchinson guy over Thibodeau. I'm not a I'm not a cave on Thibodeau guy at all. Well that's, established. That's just me. Yeah, that's just me. Um, but what I would what I would be doing if I'm Jacksonville, I'm taking Iki Kwanu. And I am making sure that Trevor Lawrence has all of the time in the world to make the throws. It might may be overkill to go and spend when it's all said and done, maybe a combined 30, 35 million dollars in one year per year on your offensive line. Sure, it could be. It could be. Well, if they're good, a guy like Trevor Lawrence. When you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you said it yourself. Who cares? You build a football team, and Doug Peterson knows this. The guy won a Super Bowl for a reason. You build a football team from the inside out. And where you have to start, if you're Jacksonville, you have the quarterback. You have the quarterback by default. Now you need to work on the trenches. You need to be working on that offensive line, getting your quarterback time. But then you could go out in round two at 33 overall. Maybe you get an Arnold Epichetti. Maybe you get a boy Amafe. Those guys are perfectly adequate for what Jacksonville will want to do at edge rusher. They do not need to be going out of their way to get an Aiden Hutchinson, uh, a Trayvon Walker, or anybody else at this spot. Iki Aquanu and, and Evan Neal. Evan Neal makes, makes a ton of sense as well. I'm just more of an Aquanu guy over Neal. Yeah, and really those Eagles teams, well, that Eagles team that won the Super Bowl, it was built – on both lines, frankly. Yes. That defensive line was was nasty Yep, with Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox. Yeah, and you, you, yeah. Can, you can build you can build a very competent, solid defensive line in this draft. You can do it in rounds two, round three, round four. Yeah, you kind of swayed me on this. I, I think that it makes sense for Jacksonville because these are two, either if it's Quanu or Evan Neal, I mean, these are two phenomenal prospects at tackle position and Aquanu has the versatility that you're looking for that all teams value yep all teams value and and if Aquanu from what I've been told if that if, if Iki Aquanu is there at three he is a Texans pick over Thibodeau all right who do you got for number two the Detroit Lions 
Aiden Hutchinson is very simple. He grew up in Michigan. He went to the University of Michigan. If the Detroit Lions do not take Aiden Hutchinson at number two, I think Detroit Lions fans, rightfully so, would absolutely riot. And 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 I, I would probably join them on that. Yeah, I mean, they have a situation. If, th- if this is how it plays out, this is a great situation for them to get a really good edge rusher. Yes. Yeah, this could be a really, really good situation for, for Detroit. And I, I do also want to point out, because I did get some questions about this today, on whether there is a chance of any trade out at one, two, or even three. Um, I've been told not really that it just kind of looks like one, two, three are going to be Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston making their picks, barring something that hasn't been presented to either to any of the teams in in the top three. So the real trade out window probably starts at number four, if not number five with either the New York teams. That makes sense. Yeah, so I, I would expect Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston to be make to be making those picks, and I believe, I believe uh, Houston general manager Nick Casario pretty much said that that basically Houston is about ninety nine percent certain to be making their pick at number three, and then less certain about making the pick at thirteen. Yeah, I mean that that makes a lot more sense because. Yes, it would be nice to get more picks if you're that high, especially if a team wants to trade up for a quarterback if they want if they're interested in doing that. Um, but that those three teams need need a fair amount of help. And you know, that's why you have those high picks. I think it just more comes down to there's not a quarterback that teams are willing to trade up for. No, probably not. I mean, that's also that's also part of it. I think that's a big part of it. And if there were, speaking, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, do you think that there's a chance that Detroit picks a quarterback here? I've been told they explored it. I've been told they explored it, but they are more focused on improving in the trenches more so than they are getting an understudy to Jared Goff at this moment. So, Man, I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. Building through the Lions. Who would have thought? Well, they have a pick at 32. Yes. That's all I'll say. They have a pick at 32. Well, who do you have Houston picking? I haven't taken Kayvon Thibodeau. Interesting. Haven't taken Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I do believe that Trayvon Walker could be the choice here, given Lovey Smith's infatuation for versatile athletic, speedy defensive players. Um, but I just think, you know, you put Cave on Thibodeau's hand in the dirt, you tell him, go get the quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he, he fits more for what Houston, I think, want than, than Walker does. And it'll be heartbreak for Jake Simone and the rest of New York Jets nation when – Kayvon Thibodeau has taken one pick before them, and the Jets are now left having to decide between taking Trayvon Walker or going in another direction. Yes, and I'm interested to see what that other direction is. But um, that's an interesting pick, and I get it. And I think that 
that's going to be the most interesting thing to see where the three edge rushers, three main edge rushers end up. Whether it is in the top three, one, two, three, or like in, I don't know. I'm just interested to see who's available when the Jets are picking. Put it this way. Yeah. I've been told that if Walker does not go in the top three, he could fall. Okay. He could fall. Because I don't know if Joe Douglas likes Trayvon Walker as much as the other edge rushers. I mean, they met a fair amount with Kayvon Thibodeau. And now there's reports that Jets aren't going to pick Kayvon Thibodeau and they like Trayvon Walker or they're going to pick a tackle. And I don't fucking know, frankly. All smokescreen season. All smokescreen season. I have been told that Thibodeau is the guy for the Jets if he makes it there. Which I'd be very happy about. That is what I've been told. But in this mock, I do not have Thibodeau making it there. So the Jets have to now go in a different direction. Well... Spare me where or what or who, who did the Jets pick it for? Well, they have Stefan Diggs that is going to be in this division for the next five years. They have Tyreek Hill that is going to be in this division for the next five years. The Dolphins were so loaded at receiver that they just said to the New England Patriots, here, here's our guy that we gave a five-year long-term commitment to on near max money in Devontae Parker. Here you go. Here's your hopeful number one receiver. The Jets don't have a corner that can cover those guys. They just don't. They don't have that guy on the roster. And how fitting is it that some nice Sunday sauce would now be playing at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey? Sauce Gardner. Ahmad Gardner to the New York Jets. As soon as you said Stefan Diggs is in this division, I was like, oh, I know where he's been. I know where we're going here. I mean, it makes sense. Look, I know Jake will probably listen to this and Jake will have a bone to pick with this. The bottom line is there is not an edge rusher here for the New York Jets. See, my only my only complaint, and it's not really a complaint because it's just a philosophical difference between myself and the Jets' front office, is that Joe Douglas apparently fucking hates players that play secondary, that play in the secondary. They, they don't have an, they don't emphasize it enough. I, I, I get that. But Rob Sala's system is basically built on having good, strong members of the secondary. That's what made his 49ers defenses really good. Yes, the Jets need an edge rusher uh, completely. And Jermaine Johnson, I hear, could be a really good uh, bet to potentially go number four if Thibodeau is not there just because of the need for a defensive end or an edge rusher. But for me, uh, it is so apparent to me that the Jets will have no chance against a Tyreek Hill, against Stephon Diggs, with whomever their number one corner is. I don't even know who it is off off the top of my head. It's Bryce Hall. It it is Bryce Hall. Okay, there you go. I guess Bryce Hall is going to stop Stephon Diggs. He's going to stop Tyreek Hill. He's going to stop Devontae Parker in six matchups. I don't think so. 
You get you get yeah. a, you get sauce yeah. Gar- you get sauce Gardner. Boom. There's your sh- there's your shutdown guy. He takes away a whole side of the field, and you're absolutely chilling. They need a shutdown corner here, and that's the way that they that they go. Um, I have been told that the Jets are just not they're not Trayvon Walker fans because if we all know Joe Douglas, he wants those proven commodities. Sauce Gardner is that Trayvon Walker is not. Yeah, I mean, if this is the way that the draft plays out, and I feel like I'm going to say that a lot, but if this is the way that the draft plays out, then I'd be happy with Sauce, Sauce Gardner because corner is a need that has been just either ignored or underdeveloped, just underutilized. I don't know. Undersaw, under, yeah, undersaw. Undervalued. Undervalued. Yeah, undervalued. I mean, they signed DJ Reed in the offseason. I mean, DJ Reed's a good corner for, he was a, an okay corner for Seattle, but he's not going to be the guy that you're going to be trusting week in and week out to be covering these receivers in the AFC. Absolutely not. Absolutely he's not. D- not just the AFC East, the AFC as a whole. DJ Reed Adams is in this fucking conference now. DJ Reed is a number three, if not low end number two corner at best. It just doesn't make any sense to have a corner room of Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, and DJ Reed. Agreed. That's your top three. Agreed. Now, would I be surprised if they go Jermaine Johnson, like I said? Uh, no, I would not be surprised in the slightest. But for me, I just feel like I'd be a it, little it, mad. I'd be pretty it, mad. It would be a reach. Jermaine Johnson. It it would be a reach if they were to go with an edge rusher here over Sauce Gardner. I I, I would have questions about that about that selection. I, I honestly I would. Well, I'm happy that you basically took the because I mean. Yeah, the, sm- the smoke screens are in full effect, but I just can't stop thinking about the reports this morning and like today about uh, Joe Douglas thinking about taking a tackle here, Iki Aquanu, if he's available. From what I've been told, that is not a realistic possibility unless there is an immediate plan to go and deal Makai Beckton. Which, God, I hope not. Well, he doesn't have any value. Does that have any value? I mean, I could tell you right now that if the Jets, if the Jets want to trade Makai Becton, uh, just call call Dallas. You want a fourth? You want a fourth round pick for Makai Becton? Cool, done. I hope not. Put I, that I trade. Really put that not. trade through right now. Ugh. All right. Well, let's go across the locker room at MetLife. Just go right across the hallway. Right across the hallway. Have you ever seen, there's a, I forget which uh, news outlet. I think it's Newsday, probably. But I can't, I can't say. I don't know. But they have this great video where they go over how they changed MetLife Stadium from Jets to Giants. It is Newsday. Yeah, it's really good. Yes. Where they go over how they change out the end zones. And apparently the pro shop, it's just like they have... uh, the displays there, they just swivel around like you're in the fucking bat cave. It's amazing. It's so cool. Well, it, it's it's like the same as how they turn MSG over from Knicks to Rangers. See, that's even cooler because you have to put down, you're putting on an ice surface, 
you know, you have to put up the boards. It, it's it's very interesting. Hey, I'll be there for game two. Really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, uh, I would love. I haven't been to MSG since everybody got traded in 2018. I will be I was there. At that, yeah, be there for game two after seeing Andrew Cop score a hat trick in the dump. No, in, all, in all seriousness, UBS, UBS Arena is absolutely stunning. It really is. Yeah, actually, I did go for John Rattel night, so that was fun. That was the game I went to. Yes, I do. I do remember that against the Red Wings. Yep. Yeah, they lost in overtime though, but it was John Rattel night. We love John Rattel. Great guy. Great guy. Shame that Phil Esposito did him dirty, but it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the Giants. Evan Neal. Evan Neal. I think they have to go and take an offensive lineman at some point. And I'm just looking at my overall board. If it's not Evan Neal, then I don't know who it's going to be for the, for the Giants. Unless the plan is, you know, to dangle Evan Neal in the faces of the Carolina Panthers who desperately need help at tackle. It doesn't make any sense for me. Uh, Evan Neal, if you're the Giants, you don't you don't mess around with that. You take Evan Neal, you get yourself a tackle, and you lock up your two tackle spots with Andrew Thomas and with Evan Neal. Yep. I think it's a it's a great pick. It really is. Just because it's a need. It's a it's an absolute need for the Giants. Well, I've been told that if Evan Neal is sitting at six for Carolina, there would be a real debate between Evan Neal or a quarterback. Wow. Just because of the pressing need that Carolina has for a tackle. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I thought that for some reason I had my years mixed up uh, as far as Rangers history. For some reason, I thought that Phil Esposito was GM when John Martel was playing, but actually they were traded for each other. Oh, okay. All right, that makes, that makes more sense. Yeah, but also it was John Martel, and really I should be mad at Emil Francis because he traded John Martel and Brad Park for Phil Esposito. And, yeah. So uh, We like Emil Francis. He was, he was a good, good guy, good goalie. Terrible GM. Terrible GM, but good goalie. So with Evan Neal off the board, does Carolina pick a quarterback here? Yep. Yep. They take a quarterback. It's Kenny Pickett. All right. Kenny Pickett goes to Carolina. And very simple. Matt rules coaching for his job. He needs a guy that he can call his guy to show Carolina Panthers owner Dave Tepper that there's a program potentially being built in Carolina. And that program is not going to be built with Sam Darnold. So, unfortunately, he gets his guy in Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is the most ready quarterback in this class. You take him, you let him compete for the job, and you have him start week one. Boom, done. That's it. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett, this is a real, this is probably one of the better situations that Kenny Pickett could go into because he has at least probably half a season of Christian McCaffrey 
and he has DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. The best situation for any quarterback to go into probably is in is in Pittsburgh. That's the best situation for for Pickett, if we're being honest. But that situation, unless unless Pittsburgh is trading into the top five, they're not going to get their hands on on Pickett. Now, if Pickett somehow gets past Carolina, then there's a real chance that Pittsburgh could really kick the tires and potentially try and trade up with the Giants at seven being a real likely trade partner. Because if you, you just have to remember with what the Giants did with Chicago a year ago, how Justin Fields kind of fell a little bit. And it was in it was in range for Chicago. Chicago took the first round pick from from 2021 and then this year's 2022 first round pick and more to then trade up to get Justin Fields. Could the Giants be the catalyst for Pittsburgh getting their franchise quarterback if Pickett is not taken at six by Carolina? It's quite possible because 2023 is a much better quarterback year. So if the Giants don't feel like that their quarterback is here, which I'm told that they that is exactly how they feel, that they are more than comfortable with Daniel Jones and Terod Taylor, barring something crazy happening, where a guy like Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Sam Hubbard really take a nose down. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. I, I, I don't know why I keep saying Sam Hubbard. I thought I said Howell. I thought I said Howell. I, I don't know. I'm sick. Forgive me. Um, if any one of those guys take take a nosedive, then there's a chance. But from what I'm told, the Giants are good with Daniel Jones and Terod Taylor, at least for, for 2022. But yes, Carolina does, in fact, take Kenny Pickett. They get their guy for the foreseeable future. And he walks into a fine situation. Fine situation. It would benefit everyone in that offense, for sure. Yeah, and... I think what's interesting is that with no trades in this mock draft, do the Giants go edge here? Yes, they do. And this is where Trayvon Walker comes off the board. All right. This is where Trayvon Walker comes off the board. Um, again, I am not the biggest Walker fan, but I just think that the raw potential that he has, it's worth the gamble for the Giants because you already have, uh, you have a really good up-and-coming edge rusher next to him. In Aziz Ojalari, you take two former Georgia Bulldogs, you put them right next to each other. Walker can play interior or exterior on that defensive line, and you let them just run wild. Um, and I think this is probably this is a I think I, I actually think it'll be a great fit for for Walker. I, I really do. And I think playing in a uh, Wink Martindale defense that'd be great for him. So. Yeah, I think this is a really, really great fit. I think this is one of the only spots where if Walker were to go, I would actually be like, okay, I get it. I get it a lot. So Walker at seven to the Giants. And I think if, hey, I'm not a Giants fan. I never will be a Giants fan. I don't think it goes in, Brett. But if you're telling me as a Giants fan, which again, I will clarify, I am not, but Evan Neal and Trayvon Walker at five and seven. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy with that. I'd be pretty happy with that. Well, all you have to do is gauge the reaction from down the hall in your house. Well, I could tell you, I'm going to have about 20 people in my basement tomorrow night, and I will, uh, I will get the full, the full scale. And half of my basement is our Giants fans, half my basement are Jets fans, and you have a sprinkling of 
Eagles fans and then Cowboys fans. Do you know any other Cowboys fans that like I know, live here? I know live many. In Washington, or on Long Island? Many. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I know many. Yep. There's a Cowboys bar on the South Shore of Long Island that I go to quite often. That is very interesting. Do they all do the same thing? Do they just watch a random Cowboys Bills game or like whoever wins? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the fan of that team. Oh no, they 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 are legitimate Cowboys fans with like with actual Cowboys fans with grandparents and parents that oh they're trans are, they trans are they transplants or do they just grow up as Cowboys fans? They just grew up as Cowboys fans. Interesting. They just grew up as Cowboys fans. Yeah, it was, it was my birthright. Huh. I have only two teams that I was birthrighted. It was the Yankees and the Rangers. Everyone else was by my own recognizance. I was birthrighted into the Mets and probably kind of, no, yeah, the Mets, basically. Yeah, Mets I don't know, I don't know why Knicks. I decided to make myself suffer with the Knicks. I, I, don't, I don't know why I decided to do that to myself. Well, that's for me, that's hereditary. My dad, my dad saw Clyde Frazier at a frozen yogurt shop in like the 70s once. Jeez. Yeah. That's a story. I know. How crazy is that? I mean, that's the 70s for you. Love Clyde. Yeah. But yeah, I chose the I chose the Jets, unfortunately. And I chose the Rangers. Well, the Rangers was a good choice. Yeah. And I would say I would say the uh the Jets was a uh, was a bad choice, but the other option would be the Giants. But with the Giants, you could say you you've at least seen some Super Bowls. So Honestly, with my luck, never mind. Well, the the funny thing is, is that if I had known that I was going to move to Utah, like there, I see a fair amount of people with Jets gear here in Provo, mainly because of one guy. I was going to say because of one, one Mormon. Yes. One but Mormon it, man himself. It's just so weird. I'm like, oh, wow. Like seeing people in my apartment complex wearing like Jets stuff. I was like, what the fuck? The only, Jets, the only Jets jersey I could find is Zach Wilson. Of course. Yeah. Wouldn't be, I, I would be shocked if, if you uh, if you were to find Zach Wilson pictures in your local convenience store. I couldn't find – I was, like, looking for a Knicks jersey or, like, a Rangers sweater. Couldn't find that. Couldn't That's find why Amazon and, and Fanatics and DHgate exist for a reason. I'm aware. But, like, you'd think, like, if you went to, like, the local sports, like a lids or something at the mall. You think that they have, cause they have jerseys of all, all the teams, Fair. but most of the teams are like West coast where you find like Broncos stuff and Colorado, the Rockies, Lakers, Avs, Dodgers, Lakers, Clippers. Yeah. Seahawks, Kings, Kings, Ducks, probably not Ducks actually. Hey, if they had, if they had a gold, uh, king's throwback i would take i would i would cop that in a heartbeat Ooh. those things are fresh honestly just anything that marcel dion wore yeah ranger ranger legend by the way yeah marcel dion absolutely just like gila floor rangers legend yeah they played on the same team yep yep how Can't fucking tell crazy otherwise. is that rangers legend rangers legend who did who else did he play for i don't know i can't yep. can't say unfamiliar unfamiliar <laughs> The Montreal Canadiens never heard of him. He won how many cups? No, he he played for the Rangers for his entire career. That was his. That was really what his career was based off of. That's why he's a hockey hall of famer. 
and one of the greatest forwards of all time because he played for the Rangers, albeit for a season, but he played for the Rangers. Yeah. Also, he was very, very old yes. in hockey player years. Yes, but Gordie Howe played until he was in his upper 40s. So, Well, the reason that we talk about it all the time is because it never happens. True, true. Never, ever happens. But how, how did we get here? I don't remember. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, we were talking about birthright fans. Oh, yeah, we're talking was... about birthright. Yeah, we're talking about in- inbred Giants fans. Yeah, well, and how I can't find New York team jerseys except for Zach Wilson. Right, 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 right. Right. We we're talking about we we're talking birthright really is how we came we came out to this conversation. Yes. Uh anyway, so let's move on to number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. First receiver comes off the board, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Um a bit of a shocker, but from what I am told, there are more teams than we think that actually have higher grades on Garrett Wilson than on both Drake London and Jamison Williams, which I found to be quite interesting. But still, with that being said, the three receivers are all in the discussion for Atlanta at number eight. Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Drake London, all being considered by the Falcons. It, it has to be receiver. For Atlanta, I, I will concede being wrong on the guy, but the position has got to be receiver. Has got to be. There, yeah, there is no, no other alternative. I agree. Like they want to take Malik Willis. Okay, cool. Take Malik Willis. Who's he throwing to? All the media chaos when Kyle Pitts is being triple teamed. Okay, all right. That's really that's really going to help you. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like the, the Saints, the dark ages of the Saints, where they had no defense, and it was just Jimmy Graham and Lance Moore or whoever. That's who Drew Brees was throwing to. Correct. Marcus, Marcus Colson, Colson. Marcus Colson, Hofstra legend. Represent. Roll <laughs> Represent pride. the pride. Roll pride, baby. So but, uh, yeah. it, it is going to be a receiver. Going to be a receiver. If I'm wrong on the guy, I will concede it, but – Receiver has got to be the pick. I would say one of the easier picks that I've made in this box was receiver to Atlanta. It was just a matter of picking which one. And I've gone with the sources on that one with Garrett Wilson. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at a couple of mocks on ESPN and they do have Garrett Wilson going higher than Drake London and uh, Jameson Williams. Not surprised. Not surprised. It lines up with exactly what I've been told. And for me, I, 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 don't really see it. And believe me, I am an Ohio State guy. I love my Buckeyes. All the best, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Love my guys. And Jeremy Ruckert, for what it's worth. Love Jeremy. Great guy. But I don't I don't see it. I, I don't really see how Garrett Wilson is going to be taken higher than Jameson Williams or Drake London. Don't really see well, it. Me neither, because I feel like, I mean, I haven't watched as much on Drake London, but Jameson Williams has such a high ceiling. I mean, it's crazy. Drake, Drake London does too, but it, it, it comes. It's different strokes for different folks, and we will uh, we will get to uh, to London um, in 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 just a little bit. All right, maybe in two picks. Oh, really? Maybe. Okay. Maybe interesting. Maybe maybe not. Oh, I see. Typical. 
T, Mr. Radio Professional with T's here. What can I say? I have, to, I have to keep the listeners intrigued. Yes. Well, who do you have the Seahawks picking at number nine? I have them taking Jermaine Johnson. I think he is probably the most versatile out of all of the edge rushers just because of how you want to line him up as a pass rusher. You want to get him in a three-point stance, you can do it. If you want to put his hand in the dirt, you can do it. He is fast. He is aggressive. He is athletic. He is physical, has great hands, has very good pass rushing moves. I think he is perfect for the kind of guy that Pete Carroll likes to put on his defense. And Seattle needs a lot of help. And I think with one of maybe the final first round draft pick that maybe John Schneider and Pete Carroll will make together, they go with a guy that can really anchor their defensive line for the next couple of seasons. And, and Jermaine Johnson, the former Georgia Bulldog, who then transferred to Florida State. Yes. Um, that's an interesting pick. And Seattle's another team that has a lot of needs. And a lot of their needs kind of dropped off the board. I mean, they would have killed for for any of the, the two tackles because offensive line is big for them as far as needs are concerned. Yep. Um, I mean, receiver is probably the only – like, they don't need another receiver uh, just because – and, like, quarterback would be a place that people – like, people are probably thinking that Seattle could go quarterback here with, like, a Malik Willis. They've looked at it, but I've been I've been told no in round one. Round two, possibly, depending on who's there. But round one, I've been told no. And and two things with this pick. Number one, there's been significant interest to trade up to this pick, which Seattle is kind of mulling over. Number one. Well, actually, three things. Number two, Jermaine Johnson is one of the fastest risers that there are some sources that told me just as much as an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, before he came on and recorded, that there would it would not be a surprise to see Jermaine Johnson potentially go into the Giants at five or even the Jets at four, despite the initial shock and awe that could happen because of it. Oh, boy. I wouldn't love it at four. I don't know if I would love it at five, but if the Giants were to take Johnson over Walker at seven, I wouldn't have a problem with that personally. I love Jermaine Johnson. He's my number two edge rusher in the class over a cave on Thibodeau. That's interesting. I mean, I'm not, last, a, I'm not a Thibodeau guy again. I'm aware. I just, frankly, I just don't want a Calvin Pryor over Ha Ha Dick scenario to happen sure. for the Jets. Yeah. Johnson, Johnson provides a safer floor where, where cave on Thibodeau has the immense ceiling where if all goes right for Kayvon Thibodeau, we're talking in five years as the best defensive player, if not best overall player from this class. Yeah. Or even, I think, really a more apt comparison would be Mitch Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. Eh, maybe. But we're talking edge rushers compared to quarterbacks. So they're, well, they're never going to get the a, same allure. No, but Trubisky was a riser, like considerable riser. Sure. Uh, that year in 2017. Yeah, but not over not over Mahomes though. Mahomes was always consensus number three. It was over Watson where people were like, wait, whoa, like what are you what are you doing here? Yeah. All right. Well, we're back. Who are the Jets picking a 10 bird? Jameson Williams. Oh, thank God. 
Jameson Williams. For me, he's he's my number one receiver in the class. Even with the torn ACL, if he didn't have the torn ACL, he'd be in consideration at four. He's just that good. He's that gifted. Um, it really comes down to, did the Jets trade this pick for Debo Samuel? I have been told, despite the reports, that the Jets have offered 10, and I even said as much that the Jets offered 10. I was told very quickly late last night those port reports were not true, that the Jets have not offered 10, and it is looking like the Jets are going to keep hold of 10 and not make a move on Debo Samuel. Now, now the thing to watch with this pick is if the Jets either trade out at 10 or do not take a receiver at 10, then there might be a little bit of smoke. And where there's smoke, there is fire. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I would keep a very close eye on what the Jets do at number 10. If they take a receiver, the Devo talk is dead. But if they don't take a receiver and they go anywhere else, they'd watch this space. Watch the space with with the Jets and, and potentially Devo Samuel. So I guess that begs the question. So if the Jets don't take a receiver and they do make this pick, who else would they pick? Very good question, because I feel like a lot of the needs that they have are kind of gone. They already took Ahmad Gardner at four. If we're looking at the next best options here, you're probably looking at going maybe defensive line with maybe a Jordan Davis or at linebacker with a Devin Lloyd. 10 for Lloyd is really high. For a um, linebacker, though? For a line, it's high. Of, it's high. It is high. It is really high. high. Um, the, the, that's really the problem is based on the way my board is shaped up, I would have a hard time seeing the Jets potentially go anywhere else. Like if they were to go offensive line, let's say, maybe a Charles Cross could be the pick. Possibly. And then then you'd roast them for it. I would roast them for it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then again, I'm just looking at the needs of this, of this Jets team. And we're going to see, you know, with my, with my picks coming up, it's a lot of the positions that the Jets already have addressed in this hypothetical scenario where they take Sauce Gardner at four and then trade for Debo Samuel while keeping the 10th overall pick. I mean, I might be a couple mock drafts behind here, but would Kyle Hamilton be an option here at 10? He would be an option, but I would be absolutely stunned if the Jets used two first-round picks on secondary members. I would be absolutely stunned. I would do, but that's the only thing I could think of, frankly. Jordan Davis, to me, would be probably the next best alternative. Just because you put him right next to Quinn and Williams, that defensive line, and you just have a mammoth of a human being in there who, I mean, good luck moving him in the run game. Yeah, let's keep but it great ten, for Carter. 10 would be a little high for, for Jordan Davis, a little bit. So if I had to guess with a gun to my head, I would probably say offensive line would be the way that they would go, with maybe a penning or Charles Cross, if, even though it might be a little high for them, the need fits. 
yeah, but I think if they do make this pick, then they should probably they would go receiver. I would hope that they would go receiver if they don't have a trade worked out. For oh, if they don't have a trade worked out, it's going to be receiver, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you can't. I mean, that's the worst thing where you think that you have a trade, you might have a trade after the draft, so you don't address a need, and then you end up with you with egg on your face. Correct. And it's not going to work. I don't think. I think that's not how Joe Douglas operates. Mm-mm. That's never really been how Joe, Joe Douglas operates. Nope. Nope. He gets his. He gets his. Uh, his guy, a new toy, which is what he's yep. been trying to do the entire offseason. It's written in the stars. Yep. All right. Moving on to eleven, the Washington Commanders, a team that has never been shy about signaling how important safeties are to their defensive scheme. They take Kyle Hamilton. They are the team to do it. And Kyle Hamilton is a top five player in the class for me. You want to line him up at safety? Done. Line up at corner? Done. Linebacker? Done. Even edge rusher? Done. He could play anywhere on the defense. And he is just that Swiss Army knife piece that can really add a new dimension to what Ron Rivera loves to do defensively and be so super creative. And to me, there are people that are so caught up in how Hamilton tested and how bad he tested. I don't care about how he tested. Just watch this film. The film is incredible with Kyle Hamilton, and he's going to walk in. He's going to make a front office look really, really good. And for a front office that, quite frankly, needs all the PR help that it can get, Washington will make a very wise choice by taking the ex-Notre Dame safety. Yeah. Well, listen, you got that right. PR help. Yeah, in a big way. In a big way. And, I mean, let's not sleep on this uh, Washington uh, commander's defense either. It's a really good unit. Really yeah, good I mean, unit, and they would add another, oh, another sterling piece to that defense with Hamilton. I mean, they carried Taylor Heineke to the playoffs two years ago. Correct. Correct. And really, they faltered after Chase Young tore his ACL last year. Let's be real. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And you're getting a healthy Chase Young back. Um, you know that that team that defense is very very. It's good. It's really good. Don't be surprised either if this, if this pick is receiver. I've been told that they are fans of Drake London. They're also fans of Chris Olave, the other receiver out of Ohio State. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, you know, you have a nice set of weapons for Carson Wentz, you know, Terry McLaurin, uh, a young rookie receiver, and Logan Thomas. Drake London there makes a lot of sense too, because if you look at who Carson went through to at last year with Michael Pittman, the parallels are very, very similar. Both, both of them went to UFC, big bodied receivers, not great. You UFC, the, USC, USC. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I may, I may have said UFC. Yeah, they went to Dana you, White. You, they went to Dana White University. I apologize. The university got punched in the face. Yeah, university got punched in the face, courtesy of Dana White. Uh, but both, both USC receivers. Both with solid, if not unspectacular, after the catch numbers, both physical receivers, both can go up and win 50-50 balls, and both are superior red zone targets. So 
I could see Drake London as a good fit with Washington. I definitely could. But for me, they continue to improve the defense with Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good pick. Thank you. All right. The Minnesota Vikings. They need to take a corner. And it's between Trent McDuffie or Derek Stingley Jr. I have them going for the ceiling. I have them going for the home run in Derek Stingley Jr. And his 2020 tape is hideous. His 2021 tape is downright disgusting. His 2019 tape is one of the best sets of tape for a corner that I've ever seen. So if you're taking Derek Stingley, you better hope that the 2019 version is what shows up from that LSU team that won the national championship. And the Vikings need a corner. And who better to teach Derek Stingley how to play the corner position as well than Patrick Peterson? Oh, by the way, a former ex-LSU Tiger. That's right. A former member of DBU. Correct. Yeah. Makes all the sense in the world. From what I've seen from Derek Stingley, I mean, this guy feels like a bust. It's all about health with him. If you're telling me he's going to be on the field, there's no way he'd be, he's, he's, he's a bust. There's no way. But he has no, to stay on the field. Yeah. Has yeah. to stay on the field. You're right. But if his tape is bad two years in a row, he was injured. you got to be wary. He I was know. injured. He was injured both years. So it, it that didn't help. And LSU was bad 2020. They were awful 2021. It, Jake was Jake was one of the ones I, I believe I believe the phrase is that I forget exactly what he said what he said verbatim but you got to protect yourself and Stingley knew his time his time was up in LSU in 2021 no sense in going back to a bad football team you know you're going into the draft you 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 pack up and you go home not not a bad thing especially if he was hurt you know you train. All of his medicals check out. So he passes those checks. And I believe in the talent. I believe in I believe that there is a really, really, really good football player in there. He's top 10 talent for me uh, in this draft, but I'm also going off the 2019 film. I guess probably it's something along the lines of you have to protect your value. It's probably what Jake, something like what Jake said. Something something along along those lines. Yeah. Something something like that. But I also think Sterk certainly will thrive being an eight competitive environment like Minnesota is going to be a team that should be contending for at the very least a wild card spot, if not potentially contending for the NFC North, depending on how green Bay looks with their uh, reconfigured offense, shall we say? Yes. And the Vikings are a good team at developing corners. I mean, it's a different coaching staff, but they are a solid team at doing that. Hey, the last corner that they, uh, well, one of the last corners they took in the first round was a guy by the name of Xavier Rhodes. How'd that pan out? Pretty well for a couple of years and then suddenly did not. Correct. But those couple of years were a pretty good couple of years. When he first arrived onto the scene, he was one of the best corners in football. Yep. I think that could be very similar to what we see out of Derek Stingley. Yeah. All right. Well, we have the second Houston Texans pick. I think this is a trade down, a hundred percent. If I could do trades with this mock, this would be a trade down spot, a hundred percent for me. Um, I look at the Kansas City Chiefs as a team that would trade up 
to potentially get themselves a wide receiver. And maybe the guy that I have going to the Houston Texans would be that receiver that they would target. And that's Drake London out of USC. Big physical receiver. When you're 50-50 balls, and it's just going to be so, so sure with his route running, with his hands, really, really impressive on film, just your physical receiver. And, and again, when going back and comparing him with Jamison Williams, it really, it's different strokes for different folks. If you want your big physical receiver, it's not going to provi- provide much separation, but it's going to win you your 50-50 balls, and it's going to be physical like a Mike Evans style. I'm not going to say Drake London is like Mike Evans, but very similar. That's Drake London. But if you want your burner, you want your guy that's going to have ridiculous yards after the catch ability, guy can take can take a screen pass 85 yards for a touchdown, that's your guy's Jamison Williams. Both will be solid next level. London had a bit of issue, a little bit of an issue with drops, so it has to be corrected, but that's not a huge deal. But Davis Mills gets a second receiver, and I think him with Brandon Cooks uh, in this in the as Number two receivers for the Houston Texans. I don't think you can do much worse than that. So, Drake London to the Texans. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. You know, get a guy that it's interesting because Houston, like Houston's been rumored to be trading Brandon Cooks. I think part of that's money more than anything. But um, having, if they don't trade Brandon Cooks, having him and Drake London together will be really good for Davis Mills' development as a quarterback. They signed a two-year extension, Brandon Cooks. So he is he's there. Yeah. He's locked he's in. He's there. He is locked in. But yeah. So what I said, you know, having both of those guys there will be great for Davis Mills if they believe in Davis Mills as the guy going forward. Yep. Well, he's the guy for the immediate. Yeah. I mean he looked good, you know. He looked fine. Yeah, he looks fine. I don't know. Let's, let's see him do it for another season. Well, that's if not he can't, about. If he can't do that, then then 2023 is going to be a much deeper quarterback class than 2022. Yeah, which is probably why teams are kind of sticking with mediocre options at quarterback. Sure. sure. Which is but why there are a lot of teams yeah. are trading up for quarterbacks. Yeah, we're taking quarterbacks at high places like Atlanta, like Seattle, so on and so on. Yep. So, Baltimore. Who do you have uh, Baltimore picking? Trent McDuffie out of Washington. They need secondary help in the worst way. They're going to get Marlon Humphrey back after a season-ending injury a year ago. That will help them tremendously. But they were they were uncharacteristically burned at the back end, and they definitely need more help in the secondary. I think McDuffie comes in, and he will do a nice job for them in the slot. So, uh, McDuffie, uh, the pick to Baltimore, can also play safety. If, if Baltimore wants to deploy in there. He's a very, very short tackler. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, we talked about this ad nauseum on the fantasy on the yeah, on the fantasy show, where the Ravens just didn't look like the same team without Marlon Humphrey when he went down. Without Lamar Jackson, too. It just the wheels just kind of fell off big time. But Mark Andrews didn't get that memo. Yeah. Love that well, guy. Mark Andrews has such a good te- good season. He forced a quarterback controversy in Baltimore for like five minutes. Love that guy. Love that guy. Can't wait to have him this year. Can you believe that the first week or two after the season, people were like, you know what? This Huntley kid 
is amazing. We should trade Lamar Jackson. Who was saying that? Who, who, who are those people? People on Reddit. Mainly. Oh, those Reddit people are out of their minds. I know. That's, that's, that's a safe place for, uh, for idiocy. Is idiocy a word? I don't, I, I, I don't know. Idiocy is kind of, it, it can be if you want it to be. It sounds grammatically incorrect, but it's, it, it, but I think, I think it is. I think you should, Put, with your vacation time, you should go and call Merriam-Webster's dictionary or the Oxford English Dictionary and petition to make idiocy a word if it is not a chance. Not a chance. The only the only thing that I'll be doing is uh, practicing how to use my curse words on the golf course. Do you really need more practice on doing nope. that? Nope. We're just going to continue to uh, to refine that art. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, you know, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't like it is because I don't have the patience for it. Hey, we have you have the uh, you have the rich vocabulary for it though. Oh yeah, well that's not hard. You don't need to refine. You don't need to refine that. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. It's refined in its unrefinedness. Mm. True. Yes. Okay. So Philadelphia, they're the first of Philadelphia's two first-round picks. Yep. Yes. Oh, oh! I, I didn't get the cue. Not get the cue for that one. Uh, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Uh, the I don't NCAA. have cards or any. I don't have like. You want me to do hand signals next time? Yeah, you could. You could. You could do it in like sign language. Um, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. They need to get a long-term answer at defensive tackle for Fletcher Cox, who's on a one-year deal and basically is year to year at this point uh, with the Eagles. They could go receiver here. But I just think when you're looking at the needs of the Eagles, they could go linebacker as well. Devin Lloyd, they really need a linebacker. But when looking at maybe Alave or Jordan Davis, I think the need is greater defensively. And I think they go with Davis over Alave. But if they were to go receiver here, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I mean, there are reports I, I saw yesterday that the Eagles are looking to trade Jalen Rieger. I mean, I'm sure that's not news no, per se. It's not. And anybody who wants to trade for Jalen Rieger should be uh, should be in line for the same lashing that I'll give to the team that selects Charles Cross. Yeah. I mean, they, what a terrible pick. Yeah, bad, considering uh, Justin Jefferson was pretty much right after. Two picks after. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad. But they do need another receiver. And that would be a good pick for them. If they were to go Olave. Yeah. Yes, but they go Jordan Davis here, which I think, I mean, you want a guy that, who the only thing he really needs to learn is how to just manage his, how to game manage better control the amount of energy he exerts and work on his pass rushing skills. I mean, who better to learn that from than Fletcher Cox? Yep. Perfect fit. Perfect fit. Yep. I mean, that's another team like the Vikings with corners that the Eagles just grow defensive linemen in vats. Like they have cloning facilities. There's like, here's Fletcher Cox clone number five. True. His name is Jordan Davis. 
Yep, I agree. And the team that the Eagles traded with, and it's going to be Eagles, Saints, Chargers, Eagles, Saints. So the first, to end the first section of Eagles, Saints, who are the Saints picking at 16 here, halfway through? Malik Willis out of Liberty. I struggle with this one just because I'm not sure if this is the way that New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints go, just because I feel like that they are comfortable with Jameis Winston as their guy, and they could realistically go offensive line here to replace Teron Armstead. But I just think, you know, you trade all those picks, you do the movement that they did to not take a quarterback would just be crazy. So I, I, I think they land their quarterback of the future. Willis could sit behind both Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. I would not expect to see him much in 2022, but get him ready to take the field in 2023. That should be the game plan for the New Orleans Saints, and I would be all aboard if they decide to do it. Look out for offensive tackle, like I said, and look out for receiver as well. If you wanted to get Michael Thomas some help, Chris Olave could be a really good fit here. Yeah, if the Eagles don't go for Chris Olave. If the Eagles don't do it, yes. Yeah. And maybe the Eagles do that with their second first-round pick. We're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting pick, though. Picking quarterback here. Um, I I don't know. It's it's difficult because it's a new coaching staff in New Orleans. But I think that they were encouraged by what they saw from – the front office that's still there, Mickey Loomis is still there. He was encouraged by what they saw from Jameis before he tore his ACL. Um, and that offense is still still looks good. I mean, Taysom Hill is obviously out of the picture now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They're going to give Jameis every opportunity to prove that he is the future guy. But I, I just feel like with Malik Bulls, he gives you much more of a ceiling than Jameis Bull. And, you know, you, I mean – you know me, I love me some Jameis, but Malik Willis, Malik Willis is, you give him time and you really work on him as a pocket passer. Malik Willis has the highest ceiling out of uh, anybody quarterback in this draft. All right, cool. So who do you have the Chargers picking at 17? I was very tempted to get them Chris Olave here. It was very, very, very tempted to do it. Oh, what a receiver room that would be. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Chris Olave. I thought about it, but I didn't do it. I have them going for a guy that I know that they are interested in, and that is Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa to give Justin Herbert more help along that offensive line, continue to protect him. Trevor Penning, the FCS product turned first-round pick, goes to Los Angeles, and he will be a member of the Chargers. Yeah, I think that makes more sense because picking a receiver just doesn't make any sense because it's just drafting out of, drafting out a position of surplus where in the first round, you want to get guys that fill needs. You don't want to just get a surplus of players. Um, sure, but it really just depend, it depends on who's there. Like if – if we're talking about Trevor Penning not being there, if like a Trevor Penning were to go to Baltimore, who Baltimore do have an interest in Trevor Penning to have him be their right tackle over, over a Morgan Moses, 
then there's the real possibility that this becomes a Charles Cross situation at 17 or becomes a receiver. But I just think that Trevor Penning versus Alave, Penning is, is the prospect clear for me. Yeah, just based on need, frankly. Sure. Yep, based on need. And listen, you can never have enough offensive weapons, but I feel like the Chargers drafting a receiver here wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. It wouldn't be prudent for them to do that. I think it makes more sense for them to draft at a position of need. Yep, I agree. Yep. All right, so the Eagles, again, do you have them drafting Chris Olave? Nope. I have them taking Devin Lloyd. They need a linebacker absolutely desperately. And at this point, I just don't I – I cannot see the Eagles passing on Devin Lloyd twice. I, I can't do it. I can't do it, even though this, this will kill me if it happens. I love Devin Lloyd, and I want him to be there for Dallas. Um the need plus the player plus the value. It's a perfect pick for Philadelphia here. All right, cool. What about New Orleans at 19? Devontae Wyatt. And he's someone that not a lot of people know about, but we always get some shocks in the first round. I think Devontae Wyatt could be one of those guys, another standout on that defensive line from Georgia. I actually graded him better than Jordan Davis. I think he's more of that complete defensive tackle is much more refined against the pass, is solid against the run. You could put him at either defensive tackle. You could play him at edge if you wanted to. I have him more as defensive tackle at the at the next level, and he's really risen a ton for me, and he falls here to the New Orleans Saints at 19. Um, another area that they could potentially address is they wanted to go corner but to me, it's you're either looking at the second best defensive tackle in the class or you're looking at the fourth or fifth corner. And for me, the answer is clear. It's the second best defensive tackle in Devontae Wyatt. And maybe you then you consider adding a corner in round three if you are uh, New Orleans. You want to take some, you want to drink some water? Not, your voice is sounding a little hoarse. Oh, it's very coarse right now. It's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. I've been up since 4.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, 4.30 I'm, in I'm, the morning? Yeah, I'm dead. Well, this is the day before the draft. I'll be up at, I'll be up at 5 tomorrow. Oh, good luck. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, Pittsburgh has a pick at number 20. This is this will be an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Desmond Ritter. To, to Pittsburgh. Ooh. I don't think that Pittsburgh really has a lot of needs, maybe offensive line. Aside they from the quarterback, obviously. Yeah, besides the quarterback. Offensive line could be a need, um, but Ritter is someone that I have heard is just flying up boards. And as tempted as I am to maybe put Matt Corral here or Sam Howell here, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bearcat, who apparently impressed so much in interviews and just how he is as a person, they think well, he'll be a great fit in any locker room and give him a year to sit behind Mitch Trubisky. I love it for Pittsburgh. So Desmond Ritter to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You want your surprise the first round. There it is. Desmond Ritter to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
there it is. People are going to be very surprised if that is what happens. Yeah, I got. Well, I have one more real surprise in, in in this first round. I think everything else though is pretty expected. Unless Pittsburgh, because I mean, this is a no trades mock draft. So unless Pittsburgh trades up to get Kenny Pickett, or and they could, and like they could, that. they could trade up if Pickett falls past Carolina, then the window is wide open. But yeah, I doubt Pittsburgh would trade up fifteen spots to get over Carolina. But if Pickett falls past Carolina, then there's a conversation to be had. <clears throat> yep. All right. New England, number 21. They don't go too far. They take the offensive lineman out of Boston College in Zion Johnson, can play at guard, can play at tackle, can play at center. I think he actually will start out at guard. And then as David Andrews kind of kicks on up there and potentially retires or leaves New England, Zion Johnson then becomes the future center for the New England Patriots. But in the meantime, you take him, you put him at guard, and you give Mac Jones more help along the offensive line. All right. Interesting. Very, very interesting. It's a Bill Belichick pick all, all the way. All the way. Oh. Do not be surprised if New England trades down. Because That's that is also Bill Belichick. a Bill Belichick yeah. thing to do. He's either going to go offensive line or he's going to trade down. That's what he does. Correct. Bill Belichick loves the offensive line. Oh, yes, onto he does. the offensive line. Oh, yes, he does. We're, we are we are on to the offensive line. Bill Belichick loves the offensive line more than he loves taking shitty receivers in the draft. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yes. Well, Green Bay, speaking of shitty receivers – Green Bay. Chris Olave. Here he is. Green Bay gets their guy. They get Aaron Rodgers, his new go-to target in the former four-year starter out of Ohio State. Um, but this is what Green Bay needs receivers. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first of two receivers they were going to take in round one that is being considered. With the first one that they go after, they get Chris Olave at 22. That makes a ton of sense. No notes for me. Uh, Carolina or the Arizona Cardinals. Did I just say Carolina? The Arizona Cardinals. Twenty-three. What? Don't give me that look. No, 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 no. Charles Cross. Oh God, damn it! Charles Cross. And the value is just too good. He could play left tackle. He could play right tackle. And he is a run blocking machine. And he is a uh, excuse me. He is a pass protecting machine. Run blocking. He needs to. He needs to work on it. Um, we'll get to the run blocking machine in just a minute. Um, but the versatility he brings to the table. He's a great, great, great fit in Arizona. When you when you also consider that you want you want to help Kyler Murray a little bit, get him more protection on that offensive line. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. Murray or whoever future quarterback for the Cardinals is, depending. Well, for the next 12 months, it's Kyler Murray. For the next 12 yeah. months. If that. What is your beef with Charles Cross for the uninitiated? I just wasn't impressed. I, I, I've seen this kind of tackle before. 
That's really that's really it. And his 2020 film is just is dreadful. I, I wouldn't even say it. it's like he went from good to great. He went from dreadful to great. And I want to know I wanted to know why he went from dreadful to great. And really, his his, his shining moment on film was a game against Alabama. where He didn't allow a single pressure. And it's against Alabama. I give him all the credit in the world. I mean, I'm, in all seriousness, I mean, that's that's no slouch. But at the same time. I need to see. I need to see more consistency with Cross, and I just, I just didn't see it enough for me. Did not pass my eye test. All right. Well, what do you think he changed? Did he change like his mechanics? Could that be it? Why uh, he got bigger? He got bigger, which that helps. Which helped. He got bigger. He got stronger, um, which absolutely helped. But his mechanics definitely need a bit of work. His footwork is is very meh. For me, he's a little stiff, and he gets beat by guys that have a more, um, more sharper tools in the shed. If that makes sense, you know that's the thing with offensive linemen is that if I'm a GM, so if if a team is dumb enough to hire me as a general manager, and I'm looking at offensive lineman prospects, I'd look at more mechanical. I look at the mechanics more than just the pure size. Just because, you know, you can ask somebody to gain weight and or, you know, go to the gym more, put on some muscle. But mechanics are harder to teach and drill into somebody. So mechanics just make a lot more sense as an option or as a criteria to judge somebody. I'm sorry, I didn't hear a single word that you just said because I just got I just got a little bit of news that I'm trying to process. Um, oh dear! Apparently, Malik Willis is in the running for the Giants at five. He what? That's what I just got. Well, fuck what I just said. He's in the running. Well, in the running. <laughs> Was he in the running to be America's next top model? Like, come on. He's a name that is on the list for the Giants. That is, that's a stunner. I would love, love to see with the fifth pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the New York Giants select Malik Willis, quarterback Liberty. Giants fans' heads would melt. Melt on sight. That would be pretty crazy. It'd be hysterical. It really would. Well, what I was saying is that if I were judging offensive linemen, I would put more weight. I would hold more weight with mechanics as opposed as opposed to size, just because mechanics are a lot harder to implement and teach and have consistency with as opposed to size, because you could have a, a 350-pound guy who is six, who is 6'8", who is bigger than a lot of people, which helps you in college, but in the NFL, everybody is that big. So, really, it's mechanics. I, I completely agree. You have a guy, If you have technique, technique will beat all, as they say. Size is not everything. It helps. It helps. But it is most certainly not everything. I would agree. 
Yeah. Uh, we are at, oh, we're at the Cowboys. Hip, 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 right. Where are the Cowboys picking? Uh, they are going to select Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. And you will see me have a smile tomorrow night from ear to ear. I will be getting an all-caps text from you, probably. I would be a very, very, very happy boy if they were to go this route. Very simple. You want to improve your offensive line. You want to make Dak Prescott better. He was fine last year. You want to make him better. The way you do that is by improving the offensive line and giving him more time to throw the ball. He does not have the same receiving class, receiving core, excuse me, as he did a year ago. So it might not be as easy for the likes of CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup to get open. So what do you go ahead and do? You get him more beef on the offensive line. You continue to improve it. And you get the best offensive line prospect I've ever scouted. You put him at center and boom, you have your center QB combo for the next 10 years in Dallas. Done. 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 Simple as that. And I would be the happiest boy in the entire world this would happen. I agree. Tyler Lunderbaum is a guy that I want going to the Jets, frankly. He would be fantastic. I said, I had said the other day that uh, there was a pick that I had locked and loaded as one of the easiest picks of the draft. It was Linderbaum to Cincinnati. But then I just said, you know what? There's, I don't know why he would be at 31. Someone will have to take him before then. I, they have to. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay could take him if they don't go receiver. Maybe. Kansas Maybe. City. Tennessee. Kansas City, I don't think Kansas City keeps 29-30. I think 29-30 are going to be gone. Kansas City has 12 picks in this draft. They're not going to be spending all 12 picks. There's just no way. Yeah. And Kansas I think, City, I believe, have – I think the number is 12 players total in this draft with round one grades. 12 players total? With 12 round players one? total. Wow. The first round has 32 players. Yes, that shows I, you how how little Kansas City values the this draft as as a whole, or how how much they think that the draft is not as top heavy as it's been in in previous years. But with Dallas, or you mean um, more top heavy than it's been in yeah, previous yeah, years? Then, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Thank you. You're 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 clarifying a lot for me tonight. I appreciate I appreciate it. My head is just wanting to explode. A very, a very controlled explosion. Think the uh, think the tap and Z and how controlled that explosion was. That is what my head is right now. Fair enough. Hey, God bless the tap and Z bridge. Hope, hopefully it's doing well at the bottom of the Hudson, at the Hudson River. Um, I have heard as well that Dallas could be exploring a trade up into the teens for a receiver. If Jamison Williams were to fall or Drake London, those could be the receivers that Dallas tries to go and target. Well, that would be fascinating. All I can say is Jerry Jones loves to make a splash. 
So I would not be surprised. Hell, I would not even be surprised if Dallas were to try and move up over the Jets to take Jamison Williams. I would not be shocked. So essentially, that uh, you would be thinking the Cowboys would be like, you think the Cowboys are going to trade potentially up 14 spots or 15? I don't, I don't think so. But if they did, would I be surprised? No. Would they be trading with the Jets or would it be with Seattle probably or Atlanta? If I had to pick, it would probably be with Seattle. But I think okay. real, I think realistically, they're trading into the teens ahead of Philadelphia. I think that is more the, the plan. So one of Minnesota, Houston, or Baltimore. That Houston pick makes a lot of sense for Dallas. So, but it I mean, makes that, sense for a lot of other teams as well. Yeah, I mean that pick makes a lot of sense for Pittsburgh, probably for Dallas. Um, yeah, I th- it does make sense for Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. If they want to trade up for a receiver, uh, Green for one Bay. of the twelve guys that they had a first round grade on at Green Bay, if they wanted to trade up for a receiver, uh, New Orleans, if they wanted to trade up for somebody, but hell, I don't know if they would trade up you know, three spots or six spots, but who knows what's going through the head of the New Orleans Saints right now, quite frankly. But um, for this exercise, Thailand about going to Dallas. All right. Cool, cool. Buffalo Bills. Andrew Booth out of Clemson. They're not a ton of holes for Buffalo. I could see them going offensive line here. But I just think corner is an area they have to go ahead and improve. We saw this defense without Tredavious White, and it was a shell of itself, especially in the secondary. You need a guy that can come in and be the opposite number to Tredavious White, be his number two corner, and that is what Andrew Booth can bring to the table. Just has to limit those big plays, which he got burned on a lot of them this past year with Clemson. Um, has to limit those in Buffalo, but I think with a really strong safety duo like Buffalo has with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, that will really help Andrew Booth transition quite well into the National Football League. I think it's a great fit for him in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about that is that he doesn't have to be the guy in that secondary. Correct. You know, he, he can learn from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and Tredavious White, who's going to be there. Um. You know, he doesn't have to be – he doesn't have to do it all in that secondary. If he can learn, he can grow as a player. And then eventually, when it's, when it's his time, he'll do it. But, yeah, it's a good pick. Thank you, sir. All right. I'm also – I'm also right now I, – I, I, you can see this through the Zoom. I am uh, – I'm working on something else right now. So, forgive, forgive me for, uh, for looking like I am ignoring you. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just working on something else. Okay. Well, more draft yeah. news. Yes. Yep. Okay. What, you think you think I'd be working on uh, my next date night at Benihana? I don't know your life. Well, come on now. I, come on now. The draft. Making vacation the, plans. The draft is 24 hours away, Adam. This is the this is this is the witching hour. I thought you were checking your fantasy team that doesn't exist yet. Uh, I have a keeper league team that that exists right now. I or could your be baseball that. league. I could be I could be checking that. 
but no, I am. Uh, I'm working. I am. What's your baseball team, by the way? Uh both are, both are rock stars. Really? Both are rock star units. Yes. Fantastic. Quite thrilled. Quite thrilled. You're with in, the, you're with in the two fancy baseball leagues. Yes, I am. Interesting. Yes, I am. I was able to do one head to head and one roto. Cool, cool. And my roto team, my roto team is very, very, very nice with. Both teams containing uh, the mm-hmm. home run leader in all of baseball, Mr. Anthony Rizzo. Great guy. Great guy. Great guy. My people. My people. What a guy. Love him. Who are the Titans picking? Uh, they are going to take Kenyon Green out of Texas A and M. Um, you want your you want your run blocker? This is it. The guy I mixed up with Charles Cross is Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green is your run blocker extraordinaire. And what do the Tennessee Titans want to do? They want to run the fucking football, and they are going to do it until the end of time. Kenyon Green, who they have. Kenyon Green is going to be Derrick Henry's best friend if this is the pick. Because Kenyon Green just moves moves people in the run game. He is ridiculous. Put him inside, plug him in a guard, and maybe when Taylor Lewan's time runs out in Tennessee, maybe you shift him out to left tackle when he gets a little bit better in pass protection. That's a good pick. It's a very solid pick. Fills an immediate need and makes the Titans better. That's all you want. Yep. And the, the scheme fit is perfect for him. Yep. Tampa Bay at 27. Apologies. I just had to, I just had to cough. Um, this is the other surprise. This is the other surprise of the first round. Um, someone Don't that tell was, me they're picking a quarterback? No, no, they're not picking a quarterback. This they're going to pick someone. Nope. Oh. This is someone that was projected to be a top 10 pick before tearing his Achilles and being presumed out for the entirety of 2022. The former rushing partner to Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan, David Ojabo. And Tampa Bay, you want to build your pass rush for the next 10 years, you have the opportunity to do it. You had, you selected Joe Tryon last year. He was really impressive for Tampa Bay in 2021. Now you bring in David Ojabo and you could now have those two as your future pass rushing duo. When you don't need Ojabo for 2022, you have Shaq Barrett, you have JPP coming back. Done. Take Ojabo, you let him heal up, let him do his thing, and then have him ready to go in 2023. You have a guy that would be a top 10 talent if he was healthy. You're getting him at 27. That fills a real need for Tampa Bay. Yep, that's a good pick. Definitely a good pick. Uh, the second of Green Bay's first round picks. Who's the other receiver? Is it not another a receiver. receiver? Not a receiver. Okay. I had them taking George Karloftis. 
out of Purdue. They lost to Darius Smith in the offseason. They need another edge rusher opposite of Preston Smith. And they get that with George Karloftis. Not exactly the highest ceiling player in the world, but a guy with a really high motor, great work effort, uh, great effort uh, on and off the field. He's an unbelievable human being from what I've heard from people who are close to Purdue football. And he is going to walk right into Green Bay and he's going to bring that high effort, high intensity sort of vibe that he had at Purdue. Bring it to the NFL with Green Bay. I could see him being a consistent seven to 10 sack guy at his peak in the NFL. And those kind of guys, you, you don't need to be finding Hall of Famers in the first round. You, you want to find guys. Well, it would be that, nice. It, it, sure, it would be really nice. But if you get a guy that's, that's going to be a consistent force for you, get you those seven to 10 sacks and be a contributor on a defense, on a team that has aspirations to win a championship, that's absolutely fine. And that's what Carl Loftus brings to the table. Yeah. I've seen mocks where Carl Loftus is going a lot earlier than this, like mid first round. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a Carl Loftus guy. I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but I understand the appeal. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So you want to cover these two Kansas city picks just back to back. Yep. Like no transition or anything. Yep, I'll just hit on, I'll hit on them at, at once. So uh, 29, I have the Chiefs taking Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, uh, a favorite of Jake and I. I think he is just a perfect Patrick Mahomes receiver. Fast, solid hands. Has had an issue with drops, needs to be worked on, but a ridiculous route runner. So smooth. Goes in and out of his cuts. His film was just a sight to behold. And he would be such a great fit with Patrick Mahomes, even though I don't think Kansas City keeps either one of these picks. But then at 30, I have the Chiefs addressing their defensive line, and I have them going with one of Jake's favorites. I have them going with Arnold Evichetti out of Penn State, and I could see them going a whole bunch of different directions with this pick if they were to keep it. Uh, Boyamafe is another one that I've heard that Kansas City are particularly interested in at 30 if they were to keep the pick, but I think uh, Evichetti is someone that I would not be surprised if he were to go as high as 20 or 21. All right. Very, very cool. I like that Kansas City's picking a receiver here. It's a, it's a position of need. They have to. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. All right. 31, the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. All right, so oh, we have news. I, yeah, so I just got a two uh, two things. Apparently, uh, the Lions are almost sold on Kayvon Thibodeau. Checking in on that, but apparently, they have decided on Thibodeau at two. And the Patriots are zeroing in on Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia, as their first-round pick. But neither one, Thibodeau or Walker, are 100% decided yet. Okay, that's interesting. Well, that definitely goes against the grain. Thibodeau is a huge surprise. 
I, I won't believe it till I see it quite honestly. Yeah. Well, if the Jaguars pick a Quanu, it'd be surprising if the trade passes on Hutchinson. I, I see it. See, and I wonder, I wonder with that, if they know that Hutchinson is going one, does that mean that they're only taking Thibodeau at two because they know that Hutchinson is going at one? That could be something. I mean, that could be like. Could be. Yeah. Could be. That, that's that's mere speculation. I'm trying to find out more about that before we uh, before we go off. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I'll have more information on that. Um, 31 with the, uh, with the Bengals. Yes. I think they trade out of the spot. I, I really don't see the need for Cincinnati to be making this pick. Um, but if they do make the pick, I'm going with Tyler Smith out of Tulsa can play tackle can play guard. Love the player. I love the versatility he brings to the table and you have to keep Joe Burrow upright. This makes perfect sense. If you were to plug him in at right guard, you have your right guard there for the next couple of seasons in Cincinnati. Picture perfect fit for a player like Tyler Smith and someone that I love. And I would be stunned if he were to make it all the way to 31, because I've been told that he has real appeal uh, starting with Arizona and working his way down. Dallas, Buffalo, Tennessee all have needs along their offensive line. So I would not be surprised if in that 23 to 26 range, we were to see Tyler Smith's name potentially brought up. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked either. Just going by that, you know, there are teams there that do need offensive line help. And Tyler Smith seems like that guy. Totally. But I think you're right, though. If the Bengals do make this pick, then offensive line's got to be the need. If it's this pick or if it's their first pick in the second round, that's it. That's it. They got to go offensive line. They saw what happened in the Super Bowl. They saw what happened the year before with Joe Burrow. They need offensive line. They just need a solid offensive line if they want to take that next step, go over the hump, win a championship. Because they have solid pieces on their team. They just need an offensive line. So I do have a follow-up on uh, KT. Um, Okay. It is not 100% decided, but that is the direction that as of now they are potentially looking at going after. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of – listen – take a shot every time I reference the 2018 draft in this process. But we all thought a certain redhead from California was going first overall. Yep. And we just absolutely threw out any possibility of him going past number one. And so I think that's probably what the Lions are thinking. Like, I don't think they know what Trent Baalke is doing. They're just assuming that they're not going to pass up on Hutchinson. So they're like, we're going to prepare ourselves ourselves to uh, draft the up here. See, all, all, all the signs are pointing towards that Jacksonville is not going to take Hutchinson. So I know. I don't, I don't know why Detroit would be coming to the conclusion that Hutchinson is not going to be there. I mean, does Detroit like Thibodeau more than Hutchinson? When that would be to me. That would be a shock. That would be so shocking to me. And the Jets, again, could just get absolutely blessed at four if that's the case. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
if it were to go Aquanu, Thibodeau, and then Gardner, and then Hutchinson is there for them at four. Wait, so you think the Texans would pick Gardner at three? At three? <laughs> or they would take Hutchinson. Yeah, or they would take Hutchinson. And the Jets would really be screwed. Oh, that would be the wor- worst case scenario. Would be. But, I mean, the Jets wouldn't be – I doubt they would be taking Aquanu anyway. No, I, no, I don't think they, I, don't, I don't think they're in the market for a corner, honestly. But I, I, I think don't. if they if the top two edge rushers are off the board, then they're in a sticky situation. I mean, they're basically they're they'd be forced to take Gardner. Well, forced is a strong word, but they would be in a position where they would be there wouldn't be their best option would be to take Gardner. If any of the edge rushers aren't there, yes. Yes, that's what I mean. If the top two edge rushers are gone. Unless they really like Jermaine Johnson. Or, yeah. I mean, they could. I don't know. And they could. All right, 32? 32, Detroit. You said that you've teased this like two hours ago. Yep. Mackerel. All righty. Mackerel to the Detroit Lions. They get their quarterback for the future. Matt Corral will go sit behind Jared Goff for a year. Uh, Dan Campbell has said he wants to make selections that are going to make his team competitive this year while having an eye for the long-term future. They are competitive this year with whomever they take it to. Competitive in air quotes. And, And then they have their eye for the future in Matt Corral. At 32. What is competitive anyway? Competitive is all relative. What are they going to be? Competitive is making an improvement on last year, whatever improvement means. So they're going to be losing by seven or three instead of losing by 14? Sure. Sure. Because that's what Jets fans have been uh, fed as competitive over the past couple of years. Fair. Very fair. But that's besides the point. Uh, wow, this is quite the mock draft here. Yep, and we are uh, we're there. We're there. We are thirty minutes until official draft day. I am downright exhausted. I have to get this episode up, and I need to go to sleep. Only to be up at five thirty tomorrow. Well, good luck. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Thank you for listening. I might Since- die. I might die. You might be doing this with my ghost tomorrow night. Just letting you know. Okay. Well, hopefully Jake can call in from Atlantic City and throw me a life preserver. Well, Jake will be calling in from Atlantic City anyway. Yes. No, Jake is calling into the show tomorrow night to discuss some of the picks. I know. Oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you know. I wasn't sure if you know. But yes. That's why I said, Jake. We'll be calling in from Atlantic City to oh oh, 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 I thought that was more of a uh, a statement, more of a statement with no. Uh, um, I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Just, just wrap this up, please. I, I'm, I, I, I'm just babbling now. Well, we're excited to talk to you tomorrow, tomorrow, today, whatever day it is, whenever this Adam comes is. Out. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm, uh, I might be in the. I, night. I, I might, am excited I might be in the to talk to you. I am excited to talk to you potentially by myself. Oh God. Yeah. Whenbird is 
you know, from Bert, live from Bird's funeral. Yep. Yeah, they're live stream that shit. I'll be giving uh, I'll be giving analysis from the, from the casket. Bird, what do you think about the Jets pick? Knock twice if you think the Jets reached for <laughs> for their player. Uh, hilarious. After the draft, though, we will have your analysis and hot takes and, you know... By roasting of whoever takes Charles Cross. Just poking fun at everybody for their... Please, for God, their don't have it be Dallas. Oh, please, fucking God. But anyway, excited for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you in less than 24 hours. Bye. Love you guys. Bye-bye.